In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I thought today about the divine will and the human will. First, a little bit of context on the gospel. Then I thought about the will and with an illustration. And then uh, some closing thoughts that have to do with application. Today's gospel reading is a portion, just a portion, of what the Lord Jesus told the people who came looking for him the day after the feeding of the 5,000. Remember that? He had taken five loaves of barley, bread, and two fish. He'd given thanks to God for them, and then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the large crowd that had gathered. The next day, many from that crowd went looking for him. In fact, they crossed the Sea of Galilee and went to Capernaum, where he was. That's how keen they were to see him the day after. And, of course, it was not long before Jesus was speaking to them about things that really matter. Not about filling their bellies again, but about opening their hearts. The Lord, the, the Jews wanted to know, as they approached him, what his work was. They recalled how their ancestors had eaten heavenly bread in the wilderness when they traveled from Egypt to the Promised Land. And in their history, that miraculous provision of bread, which maybe they were thinking of in terms of the miraculous feeding the day before, that miraculous manna was connected with the work of Moses. So they asked Jesus, what work do you perform? Moses gave our forefathers manna in the wilderness. What is your work? Jesus responded by reminding them that the manna was not supplied by Moses, but by God. And then he said, My Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they seemed to click in and track what he was saying. It struck a chord with them because they immediately replied, Sir, give us this bread always, this bread from heaven. That's when Jesus spoke the words which are at the beginning of today's gospel. That's when he said, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger, and he that believes in me shall never thirst. As part of that conversation, as it went on, this conversation about spiritual satisfaction, about sustenance for the soul, ultimately that conversation, which was about eternal life, the bread of life, Jesus talked to the people about his work. He said, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. He's talking about his work, his mission. Then he added, this is the will of him that sent me, that every 
which sees the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. So in short, the Lord's work is to do his Father's will. And the Father's will is that we would be saved, that everyone would be saved from the powers of sin and death and hell. So there's a lot to think about here. But let's finish off this context piece and focus on the first part of what Jesus said. I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. What exactly is this will that he was talking about? Not my own will, but the will of him that sent me. The Father's will. The Greek word that is used translates as God's preferred will, his best offer to people, which can be accepted or rejected. This is what the Lord Jesus was saying. My work, I came down to accept and to do my Father's will. And that will, as you all will see soon enough, speaking of the crowd, involves much humiliation and suffering and death, as well as resurrection and victory and glory. That divine will which I came to do requires sacrifice. As we think about this preferred will, this divine will, Perhaps we must think also about our human will. One modern scholar speaks of the human will in terms of a capacity to make decisions. The human will refers to the human capacity to actively decide what to do instead of reacting automatically to something. That was helpful to me. Instead of reacting automatically, we have been given a will to make a decision. We have instincts. We do have automatic responses within us to things. But the will, when the will engages, it engages a capacity to decide. Another scholar used the word desire. The will is the faculty of the mind that selects, at the moment of decision, a desire among the various desires present. So, there is this faculty in our minds to make a choice. From all the desires that are there, to actually choose one and then proceed. That's the engaging of the will. As Christians, as the children of God, the will, the, the decision that we want to make is to follow the Lord Jesus Christ and to walk in his way. Our desire, the desire we, uh, we want to choose, is to join our will to God's will. 
to keep his commandments, to be obedient to his word. To do this, we know that we're in a process of change. And every time there is a decision to make, that's part of the process. Our hearts are being renovated. And we are trying daily to seek the help of the Holy Spirit when there is a decision to be made, when it's time to engage our will. Accepting the will of God, <clears throat> accepting it and doing it is no easy task. But at times, we even struggle to know what God's will is. Who hasn't struggled to know what God's will is in a particular situation? We struggle to know it, to accept it, and to act on it. Why? Because. Because we're fallen creatures. We're susceptible to the temptations that come outside us and within us. Temptations of the world, the flesh, and the devil. In order to want to know what God's will is, in order to be willing to seek his will for our lives, and in order to accept that holy will and to do it, and to keep on doing it, we definitely need God's help. He provides this help to us in many ways, in his word written, in the sacraments that are means of his grace, such as the Holy Communion, by his Holy Spirit who's come to dwell in us, and through the help of his church, including the fellowship of other Christians. He provides all these means of help so that we might know his will, that we might seek his will, and that we might do it. Let's move on to the next part of this. I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. This is what Jesus said. Even knowing that the divine will that was coming involved real uncertainty, fear, humiliation, mocking, blood, pain, suffering, and death on the cross. I came down from will from heaven. This is this is my work. I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. I wonder, <clears throat> I've been thinking about this the last few days, I wonder if those words of the Lord Jesus were on the minds of the Bailey family when they gave that processional cross in memory of their son Harold. Here's the story. As researched by Debbie and Barb McDonald, you can find it in the beautiful red album at the back of the church. And the page is open to Harold Weldon Bailey's story today. It goes like this. Harold Weldon Bailey was born on February 14, 1923, the son of George and Mary Bailey of Sunnybrae. 
He grew up on Elm Street with his three sisters, Pat, Audrey, and Shirley. And some of you will remember Shirley. She was, by her married name, Shirley Strugmull. Anyway, Harold was a member of St. George's Scout Troop, and he went to Moncton High. And he was active in the community, as many boys are in sports. But there's a twist coming. His military service records show a different birthday. According to his military file, Harold was born on February 13, 1922. In order to join the militia, Harold lied about his age. Fast forward three years. On D-Day, uh, June the 6th, 
came that Harold was missing in action, and then later that he had been killed in action. And then in the weeks and months following, George and Mary and Harold's sisters grieved their loss. And that's where their story connected with Jesus' story. I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Whenever we come up against a hardship, a sickness, a tragedy, an unexpected situation, or an expected situation that requires sacrifice, we have a choice. We can accept it, or we can reject it. As those who've been given that capacity, that will, we have a choice. As Christians, we have a choice how we will interpret this situation. We engage our will to interpret how we're going to live in this circumstance. And as Christians, our choice should be to select the way of the Lord Jesus Christ. It should be to seek not what makes me comfortable, not what is easy necessarily, but what God would have me do, even when sacrifice is required, even when there's a cross. As Christians, we're able to select the hard part by faith in Christ, who defeated the powers of darkness for us by his death and resurrection, by, the, by faith in Christ, which leads us to an eternal hope and promise. That's the point of today's lesson from the book of Revelation. Because of Christ's sacrifice and victory, God is renewing all things. God has demonstrated that death's mightiest powers, having done their worst, have been defeated. God is now continuing with his plan of salvation with his work of healing, his work of lifting up, and his work of redeeming. And he wants to use the church. He has no other hands or feet in this work except those of the church. Incredible. I believe that George and Mary Bailey's decision, the way they exercised their will, to place that processional cross, think of it, a cross, here at St. George's, in spite of the circumstances surrounding Harold's death, was an act of faith. It was a sign of acceptance and trust that God's power is stronger than all the powers of darkness. It was a way forward. It was a statement of the way forward that they were going to take. It was a way of joining their sorrow, their sacrifice, 
to God's sacrifice. Their son died, and God's credibility, they, they trusted, was in giving his own son over to suffering and death for the life of the world. In this pandemic, and following this pandemic, whenever that comes, we have been called, we are being called, and we will be called to make sacrifices. As Christians, every hardship, however, every hardship is an opportunity. We can look at this as glass half empty or glass half full. For us, the glass is always half full. It's being filled up. Everything is being renewed because of the work of Almighty God in this world by the power of His Holy Spirit. We are being filled up. We need to be changed. I need to be changed. So the Lord is calling us, even at this time, to the new life of His Son, that came through sacrifice and precious blood shed at Calvary. May we go forward today and into the last part of this year believing that God's will is perfect and that he will never leave us or forsake us. May we go forward trusting that even now in the difficult things, he is leading us to himself. I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will that has sent me. That everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Thanks be to God, whose perfect will is being worked out, even now, in the midst of these challenging times. Amen.